There we go. We're live. Hey, how goes it? Ken Bozak here to talk about crypto and crypto accessories. And today I'm with my floating bro bro and his... Look at that green screen effect, man. This is my bro Mid-Earth Crypto on Twitter. Give him a follow at Mid-Earth Crypto. How goes it, bro? Nice shirt. Appreciate it. Yeah, I got it from the uh, the Tronfluencer event that didn't happen with Warren Buffett a couple months ago. <laughs> Yo, all right. So let's just dive right into that, man, because you got the shirt on. And I wanted to get in because you were the one of the most excited people for that. And Dude, yeah. uh, I'm just curious, like, what are your thoughts on the non-event and the potential of it happening? Uh, you know, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I think right. I was definitely excited. I was super excited. It was going to meet Warren Buffett, get a picture with him, chance to interview him, possibly at least ask questions for sure. They had a, they told us they had a MSNBC news set up in a side booth to do before and after for the press conference with their lunch. And so I think we were going to definitely get some, you know, at least FaceTime to ask him a question. So that, you know, in and of itself would have been awesome. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I don't know what the real reason was. Justin said it was kidney stones and he looked like crap that night when we saw him. So I'll say that he definitely didn't look healthy. But when we talked to uh, Cliff, Cliff is a communications director. He said that it was that there was pressure from China that was occurring at the time. So, yeah, I could see. I think it was. I could see it be that, that more so the latter. I mean, I've had kidney stones and that shit is no joke, bro. Like, is it? Yeah. It's I've never had it before, but you know. I uh, my my doctor said it was due to uh, too much powdered iced tea. I used to drink a lot of the Lipton powdered iced tea and stuff, and I almost always had like a gallon of water and some powdered iced tea in my bag, and I would always just throw some in there, and that would be my. I don't drink any powdered drinks, Kool Aid, powdered iced tea, none of that stuff anymore, because <laughs> I found out my body doesn't process that shit. So all the no. powder that I drink, the drink comes out, but the powder <laughs> stays and accumulates into these piss diamonds that just feel like <laughs> porcupines coming out of my urethra bro so if he had kidney stones dude i would have canceled the, i don't care how popular buffett is fuck i don't know man I, I well i can't speak because i haven't had it before but he showed up for the party that night you know so like it, i wouldn't have been anywhere with kidney stones bro you ain't going I wouldn't have nowhere been but the been fucking been. hospital bro i had i begged for a catheter that's how bad the kidney stones are passing them. Okay. So like it could have been. The only indicator was is that we actually asked him if it was only because of that reason. And their comms director said that they also had outside pressure. So I bet, dude, for sure. But like here's my thing though. Who the fuck why do we care about Warren Buffett anymore? I feel like that's Netflix giving a shit about the CEO of Blockbuster's opinion on streaming software. Like, who cares what <laughs> Warren Buffett thinks of the new era of technology? He is a fucking dinosaur and we're asking him how he thinks about uh you know what he thinks about the economic uh, I, I get what you're saying and i agree with you i agree with you just you know like on your on your analogy but the but the reality is is that he holds the floodgates i mean he is he's going to be the key holder but you know to, to open those huge gates of institutional and big 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 money i think that i mean right now bitboy crypto and i are definitely seeing that the street value of all the interviews that we're going to, it's really like market research almost in, in and of itself, just these interviews, but nobody cares about Bitcoin. Nobody knows about it. Nobody cares about privacy or controlling their own money. They just, they're, they're oblivious. They're ignorant in their bliss. So, um, you know, privacy you know. people definitely, uh, opt into, uh, ignorance, right? They choose not to know about the, you know, privacy issues or they choose to even acknowledge that they have privacy issues. I mean, look what happened with Apple's, iCloud and the fappening. Every celebrity under the sun had their nudes leaked. Nobody cared. Yep. Edward Snowden 
had to fucking leave and get asylum in another country and exploit what our country's doing to us and nobody cares so like, not really yeah. so i mean it, it's going to come down to the individual when they start using these things against the individual again it comes down to like nobody cares if they come for your neighbor hardly care if they come for your friends and family but they start to give a shit if they come for you and it's already too late i have a fear that that's what's going to happen with our privacy when it comes to data not even just currency and money yeah. transmittance but just data in general people are going to have to see that their dms are being used against them and that's you know it's and then it's, it's going to have to that'll be what causes the change I've seen, I've seen friends of mine go to jail over facebook dms talking about buying weed you know and it's being used really? against them in the court of law and you know uh chat applications third-party applications being subpoenaed for conversations that are being used and it's it's little things you know like again like buying weed or whatever but you know i, I could see the the other side is like well what if they're you know fucking child sex slave text messages well i get that but you know the whole thing about Who draws that line? yeah exactly the line where, where do you start to worry about like well hey i just jaywalked on my way to the store and then you get a, a paypal withdrawal for 50 dollars because you admitted to jaywalk now they're already right. deducting the, that's yep. where we're headed to this whole fucking like automated fucking fine and ticketed world where uh you ever see that movie with uh sylvester stallone where he curses i think it's like uh judgment day or something or shit what is it yes yes he, he curses he goes and back they give in him a time ticket. he goes forward in time yes yeah. and he gets a ticket for i feel yep. like my yeah. phone is going to be listening and when i say some shit it's just going to take money out of my fucking paypal or something like we're not far from that that line needs to so be so npr quick. just had an episode about that really npr just had an episode about that about automated automated tickets for super for speeders like and and, and just well, automatically getting, the, like the setting up automated, highways right now it happened there in like like city yeah and they just want to set it up nationwide just have it you know set up nationwide and i'm just like that's this that's like just the start like if you ever notice when you're coming in from like tolls in port of entry places like miami you know anywhere along the gulf coast kind of if you're going into tolls they have like facial recognition scanners in there i think it'll just be eventually where those scanners are going to be everywhere in america everywhere and our cars everything that we thought you know that what's that one movie with uh shia labeouf or eagle eye yes you know that's that's i don't think that's far off i think yeah. that's you know i don't think yeah, that's but, too far off and so but people will tell will say and tell you and act as if it is you know far-fetched and it'll never happen but we see these things already happening and like my perspective on ticketing is just fucked i don't like the idea of a ticket all it is is a post admission fee like you know what i mean like if you could walk right. into a police station right now and say hey i'm gonna go do 200 miles an hour on the highway so here's my speeding ticket right. in advance they'll tell you no you can't do that right but you can go 200 <laughs> miles an hour on the highway then right. pay the admission fee for doing it so if you can afford that quality of life you can live it you can you have permission Post to enter the admission to the gates of of fucking richness where you're now wealthy enough to do whatever you want because you can pay for the post admission ticket the fine for any I, activity i don't yeah. believe in ticket fines at all i mean if you if if i can't do 200 miles an hour because i can't afford the ticket you shouldn't be able to do two miles an hour per hour because you can it ain't fair you know it, it, i don't i don't like the ideology of ticketing it doesn't work out in the favor of people in lower or middle class i think so this is where like things like and corruptible societies i prefer you know like in in ecuador and in, in third world nations third world nations where you can just kind of pay those situations off like if i want to go 200 miles an hour 
I can. Here in America, really, you can. You can pay the fine, but you can also go to jail probably, depending on certain aspects. And other places where, and I'm not talking about murder or like horrendous crimes, but I'm saying if I wanted to smoke weed or if I wanted to, you know, do whatever I want to do, have a crazy party, go 200 miles an hour, stunt my, you know, motorcycle, whatever, I can do those things. And if any cops come, I can just pay the cops directly. And so, you know, eventually we're going to get an automated society where it's just, controlled by the master board up at the top with a little brain thinking for us. We just had a big uh, 20 million data leak. 20 million people's data was just hacked and leaked off a server in Miami. Well, that's what for they any- tell us, right? This is all we know, dude. Data's being leaked know, by right? the hour. Terabytes yeah. by the hour are being leaked. We don't get told till months after it fucking happens. And that's great. I love when that happens. I hate when a company says like, we were just hacked yesterday. Shut the fuck up and fix that shit. You know what I mean? Like sure, you don't sure, just tell yeah. the public you have an exploit because now you have more bad problem. Yeah. yeah. Did exactly. you hear about speaking of hacks, dude? Did you hear about the EOS hack? They, it's you know, on my list, bro. I have a list it? that I was just gonna. It's a perfect segue. Thank you. Yes. Perfect. So okay. a hacker spent one thousand U.S. dollars in EOS to steal more than a hundred and ten thousand dollars in cryptocurrency through an exploit of EOS gambling gameplay with on the EOS Play Network. Um, yeah. I, 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 when I first heard of DeFi and everything to do with this decentralized, I was just, it's going to be game theory. Somebody is going to figure out how to gamify this as a bad actor and exploit it. And it was only a matter of time. And it didn't even take a fucking six months or a year. To so, happen. But is that, is that able to happen on other blockchains? Because how does that occur? EOS has got 21 nodes. They, they changed somehow. They bought the blocks, the future blocks of the nodes from the nodes so that they could go play on this website and gamble just like say tronbit trontopia or any other well he was able to leverage the cpu that he was purchasing to make sure that his his transactions went through first that was basically giving him all the wins so basically he was just giving himself attaboys and pats on the back the whole way through the line so he was making sure that people betting against him were their bets were going in under or his prediction were going in before theirs so he was able to game theory their cpu users by renting it out that's nuts dude he rented a thousand dollars worth of cpu to get a hundred and ten thousand dollars how does how, how does that stop how does that get stopped in the future how does that how does that happen well i mean it happens because it was a failed failed uh failed platform from the beginning you know if they if this is something that could have happened you know this easily you're right what's stopping it from happening in the future and it's things that have to have these situations right where you see failure beget success so it really it's just up to the developers just a learning curve for them that's what i'm hoping man eos has some of the best developers right now so and they're seeing a a really big game like they're still they're still taking off right now which is funny during this little alt pump but this i didn't understand it yeah i didn't know how it pumped with this when that news broke it was crazy it's almost up 10 percent, bro it's pumping it after the, power, power i'm assuming the hacker hasn't dumped that's what that means i'm assuming it's holding on there. i'm yeah. assuming because i mean if the I hacker was dumping it wouldn't be he wouldn't be selling for a but here, here's that. my here's my question what how does this not happen on other platforms like okay you just have to have more cpu power than the other players playing 
Yeah, I mean, it has happened in other That's... other blockchains. It's just the larger scale, more money for more CPU to gain more money. But this was such a low exploit, like almost anybody right. could have right. pulled it off. This was a very average Joe exploit. Yeah a very financially affordable one and that's where it starts right. to really gain some you know eyebrows where oh shit like anybody could have they didn't need a hundred thousand dollars to really exploit this 100 x yeah so you know it, it starts to look more and more like you know we're gonna see these pop up i mean it happened with uh what was that how to do it how to attack a blockchain.com or some shit there was like a website that would just Really? show you exactly how to 51% attack, how much it would cost, when to exploit it, exactly how to exploit it. So you could go to these websites and see exactly how much it will cost you to 51% attack a blockchain. And, and, and that website is that so, it's just so that you keep these places honest so that they are staying on top exactly. of these attacks. Exactly. Okay, I mean, yeah. it's, it's almost like a, a, a white hat hacker, you know what I mean? People yeah. are just like, this yeah. is how secure the blockchain really is, you know what I mean? And so right. it, in one way it is bad, in another way it is good. It's it's almost like shoplifting and telling the store exactly how you got out of the store with the goods and going back in and being like, here's your stuff. But the hacker stole, he didn't steal from the actual nodes or blockchain, he just stole from the, the casino itself. And they yeah. that would be from the users, I guess, of that casino or the div pool that existed at yeah. the time. Yeah, he exactly. Just took yeah, so I think that he was just taking from the, the end users, the people that were actually putting the money in. So I don't know if the platform hurt was hurt much. Uh, I mean, again, they're up, the, the currency EOS is up like 10% sure. after all right. of this. And I'm sure this news in general, plus the game theory of the exploit has probably brought in more people to play the game with right. that being just another way to play. Oh, we're gonna rent CPU and then play an EOS play. like. That's just now one more way to play the game. When you go to a casino, right. maybe you have better chances of winning if you're a diamond card member. So now you give the casino a hundred thousand bucks when you sit at the table, and that's just one more risk factor or percentage yeah. gainer to the game playing itself. So maybe this is just a way to play the game. Maybe they don't have to fix anything. Maybe this is just how the game should be played. This is it. And just everybody competes against each other on this level. Yeah, exactly. The game is now yeah. elevated. You, now, if I find oh, out a way yeah. to play chess that has never been played before, you don't rewrite the rules. You just say, hey, this is another way to play it. Like, I, got I you. never thought okay. of that. What you got on your list next, buddy? Uh, well, actually, I guess the segue on, it wasn't on my list, but I, I thought it was really cool. Somebody received $80,000 in BTC. I believe it was a African or Indian... Uh, uh, company owner it was some random person I just read it as we were about to start the call I didn't get a chance to really get into it but somebody returned 80 grand in BTC that was accidentally sent to his wallet and said uh, thanks but I don't need it and I thought that was a really like hard flex like ooh, wow. that's a, what a flex bro but <laughs> I want to I want to talk more so about the possibilities of accidentally sending crypto to the wrong address uh, I, I, yeah, it happens all the fuck. Dude, it used to happen I've to me a lot in 2016. Wallets yeah. are awful with that shit. I've accidentally yep. forgot to copy the address properly or something, or maybe I added uh, a space at the end. So I go to backspace yep. that space and I remove the letter. And wallets yep. back in 2016 didn't have any features that would say, this isn't a Bitcoin wallet address. Don't yep. do this. Or some wallets won't even let you send it to an address they don't yep. like think is a real address. If you're yep. trying to send BTC to a BCH yep. address, yep. wallets today, they'll tell you, nope, nope, nope. But wallets then used to let you. 
I'm curious how how these wallets, uh, because they're decentralized, right? So they take no financial responsibility when end users lose funds, how they're going to help their end users stop losing funds. Is it by giving them less control or giving them more control? Uh, Where do where do we step in to intervene over user error at this level when you're being your own bank? Where where do, where does the oversight step in? Where it's the wallet's responsibility rather than the end user's responsibility? So I've got a wallet that's frozen right now with uh, probably six or seven dollars worth of, of Tron on it because Tron used to do these things where it was manual entries for the PKs for the private keys initially, and they didn't have they had the key store, but that was if you were going to keep it on your computer. Otherwise, you were you know inputting it manually, and if you input it in one address off one letter one number whatever it would still generate a new tron address mm. and in the beginning i didn't know i was you know because coinbase and and other um you know exchanges at the time would give you different addresses they would generate new like a different address every time you're going to go do a ethereum transaction things like that you know and so i was like okay i was used to new addresses so i sent the money to it and i've, I've still got the private key for that specific wallet I eventually, what I think is going to happen as soon as the money gets to be a big enough amount, I'll have to offer up a bounty and give somebody the, the private key or hopefully Tron or somebody will come along with a, a program that you can input your private key in, and it'll change every number or, you know, change one variation. If it's got, you know, one thing is off to allow access to this wallet or, you know, there's going to have to be solutions that get people a, their money back, or B, their, you know, the ability to stop from that occurring. It's now, keep would you consider this a blockchain flaw? Something that, you know, Tron could have saw coming no, in? It's just something that needs to be like a custodial flaw, probably. Like if, if, if you don't want to be in charge of your crypto, if you don't want to be in charge of your keys, then you need to trust somebody that is responsible and then they are responsible for your money. So you're, you're, you're a fan of custodial solutions then? Sure, absolutely. For for like for for the non um, technical investor, for somebody who's not going to be comfortable storing their private keys, storing their you know, I absolutely think that you know, giving the trust over to somebody who's more capable, just like a financial advisor. There, See, you, you know, just no- touched on the, the the big word there with custodial services. In my eyes, is trust. I don't trust Coinbase. I don't even know if they have as much Bitcoin in their wallet as they say their end users do when you open them. It scares me that they're not auditable and they only do self investigations when accused of insider trading. It's it's just like these custodial services are great. You're right for non-technical investors. But then I feel like it's one of those double-edged swords is the risk reward aspect of it. You know, uh, teaching a man to fish rather than going to the supermarket and getting it. Well, if you caught the fish, you know, it's fresh. You don't know how old that fish is or if it's or whatever. So the custodial services in my eyes need to be auditable, need to be more open source and insured, obviously. Like uh, a lot of these custodial uh uh, solutions are self-insured or something and don't have third-party insurance or don't even have asset insurance. They have fiat insurance. So if you lost 10 Bitcoin, they're only giving you the dollar value of it, not the Bitcoin itself right. back. Right. That breaks my heart for, for the investor aspect of it, where you see these large capital you know, investors come in with $100,000. Something happens. They are insured, but they get the, the harsh reality of they were insured by their fiat, not by their crypto. And, I feel like yeah. we're going to see these new these new insured solutions come around as custodial solutions get more popular. I hope eventually we'll see federal insurance for. It. I think that you know long term what you'll see is 
JP and and Lehman Brothers and the other big, you know, they're well, all this is why the ETFs aren't being approved. There's nothing in place that needs to be in place for these things to succeed. We still are well, building the, but, the foundation. Boxwood and it would it would require them holding actual like yep. Bitcoin. And, and yeah, so that's solid how, X, right? When when I say custody, I actually mean custody. I don't mean we have control of your private keys and things like that. I mean they I do. I, I mean, like, I imagine that Lehman Brothers should have a cold storage, you know, with hundreds of millions of dollars of Bitcoin on it, you know, and, and, and then I'm sure that there's a way to offer up some kind of atomic swap between a cold storage, you know, um, device and a hot wallet, or you can, there's, I, I was just learning about some new hot wallet that's just as safe as cold storage because of the way the atomic swap works within the hot wallet. So. It's not like it's ever stored there. It's only there momentarily. Like it's during the changes when it's actually vulnerable. Okay. But um, but in my eyes, I'd see like an actual vault that would hold cold storage, and then them holding the private keys for tons of clients. You know, and those private keys coins wouldn't actually be stored on any server anywhere. They would be in a physical guarded location where their diamonds and their gold and all those other hard assets are are held. Well, let's so. talk about what may be holding a lot of this back because we could be moving at a much quicker pace than this as far as progress in crypto goes. It's the custodial services, the insured solutions, all these things could be already finished if any entity of the U.S. government could get their shit together and kind of yeah. put down some, some kind of forum on what this is and regulate it as opposed to all four entities right now being as you know one thinks it's a, a asset one thinks it's a currency one thinks it's something else i mean right. eventually they're going to consider it a fucking utility and fight over that bandwidth like it's getting sketchy and uh, i guess the segue into it you know people are comparing the ban on e-cigarettes these guys right here in the u.s they're banned they're gone these will be gone in 30 days or so uh, they might be coming back. E-cigarettes could potentially come back after they pass regulations and inspections and all this other shit, but they're gone overnight. All these companies are just going to be out of business. That's Blue, that's Enjoy, that's all these vape companies gone. Uh, and people are comparing that to the flex that the U.S. could have over banning cryptocurrency. One day they could just say done and that's it. It's just banned. Uh, and there's a disincentive for companies to really start to build in the U.S. or to build in general for the U.S. investors. So we're not even seeing such solutions being built because they're not secure enough in the future of building that product. You look at things like Coinbase and stuff like that. They got pretty fucking lucky. You know, like they lobbied, the, they yeah. lubricated the right tracks. But a lot of companies in the U.S. that were crypto, they've left. We've seen what happened with Shapeshift in New York before and New York's starting to be more open-minded, but the U.S. could flip that switch tonight and say tomorrow Bitcoin and crypto is banned. And now, you know, all these companies that have a startup are just, their investors are fucked. So nobody wants I, to invest. And it's it's scary that they can do that. You know, I think ESAs should be regulated. They'll come back and they will be regulated. But as far as like banning crypto, it, it's not, it's something that, you know, Portugal and and other other nations are, are like leading the way they're the ones that are just really like kind of showing what can happen if you're if the consensus of the people decides to get out in front of this the problem which is hyperinflation that's what's happening in a lot of different countries right now so i think what we want is we you know singapore has become this like hotbed for development in crypto space and we're it's thriving so if we want to compete and stay competitive with china which i think you know 
the trade war and everything else has shown that we want to be very competitive with China, mm-hmm. then we have to make sure that we're in a, we, we have a regulatory framework that doesn't stifle innovation. We want to make sure that we're fanning that flame and not, you know, putting sand on it. And so I'd like to see them take a step back. Just like, I mean, they've said some stuff when it gets scary, you know, uh, who's the the sec- secretary of the treasury, Bernanke, or not, not Bernanke, Munichin or Munichin, whatever his name is. And um, he came out and Trump came out with a couple of strong statements. But in all reality, I think those were just kind of, you know, scare tactics to make sure that the dollar was still strong. You know, look, look, the dollar's not going anywhere. We're still good. You know, we're not, we're not, we don't, we're not putting the the lights out on this Bitcoin thing, but the dollar's still strong. That's still home base. We don't have to worry about that. Yeah. But in all, you know, I don't see that as a bad thing. I see it as a good thing. They're talking about it a lot. It's on the news a lot. Everything positive is still going on. Could be running into a little mini alt season right now. I don't know. Possibly, if so, awesome. I'm long on some, you know, some alts right now. Um, I'm just going to keep working for the next six or eight months until I can hopefully put myself in a better crypto position to, you know, be ready for the next bull run. Identity yeah. block in the chat says the IRS says BTC is property too, and said France. But uh, identity block, what about France? And uh, dude, I'm excited. Like, I, I love that Trump was basically saying that Bitcoin is a straight competitor to the U.S. dollar. And it was exactly. What, it was acknowledging it. Yeah. As a straight compet, there has never been a fucking currency that has competed with the U.S. dollar ever, bro. Yeah. Not even gold competes with the U.S. dollar because you can't buy crude oil with gold. <laughs> no, it's a can't world reserve it. currency right now, and, and as the, long as it stays that way, it's going to be strong. The best but, part about this is. You, you, Yes, these e-cigs can be banned overnight very easily because we know who owns these. We know the CEOs. We know who the companies are. We can we can subpoena them. The government can can sue them for money. You can't sue Bitcoin. You can't arrest Satoshi Nakamoto. You can't regulate this Bitcoin shit because you can't you can't control it. It doesn't conform to regulations like most industries conform to regulations. It is it's unconformable. It, it's it's not going to listen. And it's up to the end user to really listen. They can only regulate you and me. They can't. They could stifle. Bitcoin. They can stifle innovation. Like and if it, they were they to, can, but it would only it, help Bitcoin. The, the more they try to hinder it, the more it grows and the stronger it becomes. It's like it, dropping nukes on Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, it, it becomes stronger, but it might take longer. Like right now, for example. But that's good. That's they, a good thing. I think that the, the longer this shit takes for mass adoption, the better, bro. I do not right. want Walmart accepting Bitcoin today. It's not fucking ready yet. Yeah, you're right. Okay, no, you're right. Absolutely. And but for Walmart to be accepting Bitcoin, the price would be hundreds of thousands, if not mm. a million at that point. Would it though? Would it though? Because the transactions, the volume would pick up, the transaction fees would pick up, pendings would pick up. I mean, I'm just saying right now the way that it is, if even five one percent of Walmart customers started using Bitcoin, maybe it, it negatively would affects the price right. rather no, than, than saying. Perk yeah. it up. Because the tech okay. isn't the tech isn't as ready as the price. I think Bitcoin might even be overvalued right now. Let's see. I didn't think it was when it was 3000, but it's th- this whole three to 14 down to 10 run while the alts just dive further. 
was confusing for everybody, I think, you know? Well, Segwit has picked up, a, a, I think, finally, Segwit has a, a dominance on transactions on Bitcoin. You're talking about Lightning Network? No, Segwit, segregated witness transactions are over 50, they're at 50.5% of the Bitcoin transaction volume right now. So really? Segwit is picking up, and that's where I was headed, segueing to was the Lightning, where once Lightning is more established, I think that's more along the lines of mainstream mass adoption in the sense. Right, where, yeah. You know, but right now, where we stand, it's still in its beta stages. We're still at like internet, you know, 56K dial up bullshit where yeah. we're not ready for everybody to hop on it yet because then it would slow it down for the rest of us who actually do need it. This is this is first world um, crypto appropriation. Crypto isn't ready for first world adoption. It's not even, first world doesn't even need crypto. It's just trying to fit in with the trend and be fatty. You know, America is just trying to, to run with the fad. No, Venezuela needs crypto. You know, for, yeah. America doesn't need crypto. So a lot of these, you know, companies and corporations and governments and countries trying to incorporate this now, they, they're backpedaling because they're already in a position of stability in a sense. Venezuela, South or North Korea, Argentina. You know, Argentina. These places need this plan B. Right now, Fiat's working great. It, 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 it's a, a lifeboat, but the cruise ship's going fine. You don't you don't get yeah. on a cruise ship and sit in the lifeboat and wait for it to crash. You just know that hey, we have that, and at least we have that. We have Bitcoin, but there's other places that need it, and the 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 risk reward or the inconvenience convenience factor is in their favor, and that's why we're going to see the true paradigm shift happened when places like Venezuela become a, a first world country because they were early to invest and they were early to adopt this because they were in a position of, well, it, it's no better than what we, we have. To. We, we yeah. have no other, nothing better than this. The US, we have Swift, we have PayPal, sure. all these things, sure. we have, Menmo, we, we have so up. many things better than this. Yeah, until, I agree. Until they are, uh, until they impose their censorship onto you individually, you have better options like, you know, but. We're starting to see first world industries see that their their remittance uh, options aren't for them. Going from cannabis to sex working to gambling, all these industries have issues with the current infrastructure of the financial system. They're looking at Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in the first world view in the right limelight of where to implement it because they already have the right. problem. A lot of companies, a lot of industries are just trying to fit the square peg into a, a round hole sure, because the square peg's really popular right now. Yeah. I know what you're saying, yeah, just, oh, it's blockchain. Let's be popular because it's blockchain. Yeah. Yep. No, it's not for it's you. Not it's not for Kodak. Kodak, get the fuck out of here, bro. We don't need your blockchain. You know, that's I just saw, how I feel. Yeah. No, it's, well, so when I see like Wells Fargo creating their own internal blockchain for, you know, financial Dude, The Federal Reserve's creating their own. Fed now, blockchain. In four oh, years, yeah. they said they'll have it yeah. ready for same day remittance. So this is their pitch. Fed now. Same, Imagine getting your paycheck yeah. today. Today. That's their slogan. Like, really? You can do that today. You don't need any. You don't need to involve any newer tech. Just give me my money. Well, no, it's it's a definitely step up for them from their three day hold with the federal holiday, this, that, and the other. But yeah, yeah, four years. Okay. That'd well, that terrible. three day holds just for the banks. That's not real. That's oh, nothing no, to do with the tech. The money has been settled. They just it's need there. the time to invest it, manipulate it, loan it, interest it, and then give it to you. I'm dollar. The the fractional reserve banking has made the dollar such a scam that you know they that you the, everybody is okay with that three-day freeze waiting period but they don't realize that for those three days the bank is making bank off your money and that's why they're not giving it to you 
that's how they cover their interest. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly how they use your money. They keep making money. I wanted to talk about money right quick because I thought this was a hilarious little story yesterday. Uh, Kraken bug let users for what they thought was buying Bitcoin for 8K and selling it for 12K, but it was a visual bug. They said that these were uh, just visual glitches in the in in the chart, but the books uh, they met the right market prices and everything. But visually, there I was a saw bug. that candle. I saw that huge candle, but so that was just a UI error. Yeah, they said that nobody actually got to do that, and it was. I, I'm starting to be really concerned about these exchanges oh, and these bugs that they have because what what is a bug versus an inside uh hacker yeah yeah what's the difference right now how do we tell and it's it's just a really good scapegoat for these custodial exchanges to have on the way out of fucking over their end users really yep yep i mean dude i've yeah i've got 1.2 btc sitting on cryptopia right now of daps coin that was when it was two sat now it's six sat so um, I love Daps. I met them, dude. They're oh, awesome people. They're oh, really I loved people. it too. It was my, I, I kept, I just, to this day, it's my like biggest sore spot, like thumb in my side because it was just so cheap at the time. And like, I was just collecting it on Cryptopia and left it there by being stupid. Oh, and then I got like France and Portugal aren't taxing crypto to crypto transactions. That's the go. future incentive for first world remittance right there. That's the incentive to get these uh very high valued uh transactors into this space is seeing that trans- yep. that tax-free solution vegas in in the u.s nevada they're already a tax-free crypto uh state i wonder what the what the question is is if you never what happens when you never come out to fiat what if right. you only that's that's, pay- that's where exactly never do it though exactly yeah. never fuck fiat never cash yep. out the fiat worst case scenario i think we can get away with the bartering uh law and get around tax that's that way where i'll give yeah. you bitcoin and you pay my rent you pay my rent yep. directly i don't want the yep. cash i'm not giving yep. the, my cash to my landlord i'll give you my landlord's fucking banking info you wire him yep. the money i give you the bitcoin i did not cash out no taxing on that yep and then what happens when my landlord that. starts accepting bitcoin directly bro i think that go. i think the ideology of taxation is dying just the belief in it the 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 way that it is structured the 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 definition of taxation is the way it's structured i don't i don't i still believe in taxation i still believe that me too bitcoin tax transaction fees that's the taxation with true representation yes yeah absolutely and i'm okay with that and you know and they're optional taxes bro you can optionally pay a transaction fee i can send it to one set because I optionally said, said I want to pay tax. I could use the Lightning Network and pay no tax, no transaction fee. Right. But yeah. now taxation is going to be an option, not an obligation. People will opt in to pay taxes, and that transaction fee or those things that you know will be taxable in the future will be smart contract driven. Where I'll be able to say my taxes go straight to paving roads and filling potholes. We'll still need some like like required taxes, I think, for like you know really? for roads. For I think so for like military I spending. I think optional. I think I think the mandatory taxation will only be in corporations. I think uh, individual taxation will be gone. It'll die, and corporate corporate taxation will pick up for us. There's no reason you and I should be paying taxes when Apple's making billions and not paying any I agree. taxes. I agree. Any I agree with that. zero. Trump. Trump is our fucking president. And right before his first speech, he got on stage and was like, "I didn't pay taxes." Ha ha! And everybody cheered. Everybody cheered for our president not paying taxes. The individual shouldn't be paying taxes. Corporations should be. 
I wonder if that'll stifle innovation here for like our no. industries. No, but not I even think, a little I, bit. I think it won't matter as long as our trade policies are good. So, mm-hmm. you know. Well, that corporate tax, I think, would give that, that uh, trade kickoff. We could see a, a huge uh, you know, boom in the economy if we did start giving the individuals a tax break because now we have more money individually more to be consumers. Power, sure. Exactly. Yeah. So the corporations want to be here because now the people here have more spending money. Andrew Yang ain't far far off from that UBI thousand dollar a month bullshit. Like Dude, I'm so I... on that. Like yes, I deserve <laughs> it, and I get that. Basically, we all basically get about ten thousand dollars a year after income tax, depending on how much you make, right. and if you have a couple write offs, if you have kids and shit like that. The average sure. low income middle class person gets about ten thousand dollars on their income tax check. That's almost a thousand dollars a year anyway, bro. And now a thousand dollars a month. That's what I meant. And basically, the money we'd save from not having all these, you know, uh, welfare and program securities, and yeah, all about that, man. All about that because these companies would want to build here because now the consumer base is rapid. People are now spending more than ever because they've had more than ever. And what we're seeing now is, you know, uh, I think right now the mainstream media is kind of covering this is uh, teenagers and millennials like the under 20s are spending less now more than ever and saving and investing more. Uh, Apps like Robinhood are really picking up with millennials where they're starting to put their extra income into these stocks rather than in the Nike shoes. And it's we're starting to see less consumer spending in the teens and young young American adults. So we need an incentive to be consumers again. We're going to have an issue bigger than not so i'm excited to see what happens i saw justin's son try to match that i'm gonna i'm gonna be like yo test it test it on your boy right here like just <laughs> i live in ecuador a thousand a month is that pays all the bills and then some like it's we're living you know we'll test it out so right well for me a thousand dollars a month means my rent's covered and i can easily afford to go to school for a trade that i can then go and produce some kind of uh services to, you know so i i mean yep. like People don't go to school because they can't afford it. Then they get a loan to go to school to get a job that they can't afford to keep because the 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 loan is just eating up their money. They might as well not get a job so they can't lose money. Like people, I think it's to, like it'll it'll decrease crime rates a lot too, man. You got people that aren't having to like steal to pay bills and people are going on. to jail for stealing baby food, bro. Yeah, that's, how that's do you crazy. go to jail for stealing food to feed your child? If it comes down to you stealing to feed your child. And that our solution is sending that person to prison. That we have bigger. We're problems. just a wealthy enough country to where we should be able to do that. You know? Exactly. So. I mean, well, a lot of other countries will highlight America is not a first world country, and it's not. We have a lot of first world not states. Anymore. We have a first yeah. world government, but we don't have a first world country. Look at Detroit. Look, look at where. Um, yeah, I agree. Oh uh, wait, what's the? F- oh, I always forget about this, and I'm so sorry because it's been like Flint. seven years. Flint, Michigan. It's been like yeah. seven fucking years, bro. One yeah. out of four kids are dying from poisoning in their water. Is that really? Is that true? Yeah, dude, it's fucking that's, toxic. That's it's so nuts. so bad, bro, that it is very very third world relatable, and that's in America. Right. We had this happening in America. Uh, so I mean, to Dude, say that we're in a first you, world country. San Francisco yesterday, there was like this crazy shooting, you know, just by where all the homeless people sleep. So even in major cities that are like the most beautiful cities in the country, San Fran, you know, there's a crazy homeless epidemic going on right now. I've traveled the world enough to see homelessness is is everywhere. It's not just yeah. big in America. It's not just big in France. It's not just big. It, homelessness is big everywhere. Uh, I've yep. been to Canada everywhere i go you know been everywhere every state in america everywhere i go homelessness is a fucking plague bro and it's it's just being produced by the system itself 
the system itself I think that would, is producing homelessness. Universal basic income would definitely be like, I, I just don't know, is it going to be a Band-Aid on a bullet wound or will it actually curb, like, curb us back into a, an industrialized nation? Will it make all of the youth sit down and say, hey, look, I want this trade or I want this or I've got time to focus on this or I want to design this or I want to create this, whatever it is, you know, I, I wonder, will it make us lazier or will it give us the ability to leap forward? Well, here's the thing. Those people will always be those people. Nothing will change that, right? And They're those people that don't want to contribute will always be parasites. I think that we have to just accept that. We have to accept that mm -hmm. not everybody's going to contribute to society. Some people in society are just there to leech off of society, leech. right? Sure. Or just to live their lives. Some people, they're just not made uh, intellectually, physically. Some people have handicaps or ailments or issues other than that, that they can't contribute. Uh, sure. you know, social anxiety stops a lot of people from getting jobs just in general. You know, social like people can't go, they lose their job. I've done this, like where I just have a, a panic attack on my way to work and I'm just like, well, I guess I quit today. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. those people, they're gonna always need the help. And I think the people that are in a position where they want to be creators, they want to be contributors, but are hindered by the financial burdens of society will be able to finally. And if you look at the way, if you look at today right now entrepreneurship is rampant everybody wants to be their own boss everybody yeah. wants to make their own business everybody wants to be on thing. fucking shark tank nobody wants to be an employee nobody wants to be an associate everybody wants to be the owner the boss the manager let's give everybody right. that, that that opportunity you know instead of saying here's a hundred thousand dollar loan with a 50 percent interest now I go to school right. go get the job you want well you can't just pop out and start your company now because you're already in debt now you have right. to be a cashier. You have to be the associate just to break even on your debts. Then you can try to take a loan out to start your business. I, I just, I, you know, it's, it's, it's the great question. Do we, does it produce productivity or give us more late? Does it make us lazier? You know, the that's the question. The only way I to think. find out is, I mean, obviously the is system we have right Why now not? isn't working. We have to change it up and hope sure. something else yeah. will. Uh, I think that people get too content in, in staleness and where things are stagnant and consistency, right? Like we're consistently failing as a country and that's, sure. people are fine with that. At least it's consistent. You know, uh, <laughs> if we change things up, we don't know which way it may get worse or it may get better. But at least if know, we know if we stay like, where we're at now, we'll be consistently fucked and people can can base their futures and on can, that consistency. They're comfortable with that. Yeah, right? I understand. I can, I can yeah. try to figure out you know, yeah, I can deal with it if I know it's coming. Exactly. So I think, you know, maybe this might turn off corporations from, you know, LLCing in the US, you know, maybe they might want to be a company in another country yep. and not not be established in the US and get away from us. Or maybe we incentivize them too because of the whole, you know, boom in, in, in uh, you know, the society just, wow, we're customers now. Like instead of panhandling, we have those people now purchasing goods and services. Right. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I think, which is all i really hope that andrew yang wins i don't i i don't I, think he will but no me neither but i think I mean, this he's will gonna, be the first year a third party's players. gonna have a really good percentage and will springboard off of that we had That's a chance with ron paul before he decided to just kind of homer simpson into the bushes and kind of you know yeah but gary johnson too was pretty good but i, I think fucking that loved Jeremy. gary johnson i wrote a whole essay on him in high school bro yeah, I think that I think this will be the year that'll get the spotlight on there. So that way, twenty twenty, just gives us the ability to be seen, and then maybe twenty twenty four, you know, Andrew Yang or somebody like him can get elected. Maybe I don't know, dude. 
it's either it's i think we might ping pong too we'll just we'll go way right when we can come back go way left and go you know universal basic, basic income and, and i, don't know, I and think trump winning has opened the eyes to the american voters of voting outside the norm and maybe we've, dude we've seen this with um my dick right or something like that like what was it uh so i don't know who was the somebody it was like a couple million votes uh people wrote in for a meme oh yeah 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 what was, it wasn't my dick what was the meme it was definitely a meme though Shit. yeah no i remember these nuts just wrote in some these rant. nuts that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. these nuts got millions of votes to be president and that's people that got off their ass to stand in line just to write a joke right yang gang's pretty memeable those people might vote for yang just as the joke and i think we're gonna see more than less uh meme candidates like trump trump is a meme president he yep. won his yep. presidency off of memeing us he he basically trolled himself into office yeah he's doing the same thing i agree i mean did you see his I... speech did you see his speech Yang's... he's giving a thousand dollars a month away to I 10 did. families bro and yep. nobody he was the first person on the floor to say something nobody could follow him nobody had anything that he, it was i mean everybody right. so now he's the most talked about candidate yep he knows what he's doing and he's got of his course. own crypto he doesn't stand behind it but he's got he's got his cryptocurrency he, he likes bitcoin he's bitcoin positive so that's what you know i think that I like if he were to open up his platform a little more crypto positive he would it would be better like if he had a bitcoin address on his t-shirt that just you think said, so oh yeah donations here yeah, and then yeah. took them yeah if he were to take a step back from corporate donations and it just swear off corporate donations swear off lobbying money just swear that i don't want coca-cola saying that they support you don't accept right. that money accept money right. from your peers and use that and i think that that's what we could do with crypto look what happened with andreas antonopoulos when we found out he didn't have a bitcoin bro He's a multimillionaire now because we made sure of it. We can, we would make sure that we get a candidate in office if he used our currency as a kickoff for the platform and swore off fiat. First candidate to swear out fiat as as a currency to fuel his. Yeah, they're gonna capture a really big. Well, see, it's just gonna it's an echo chamber still though. I mean, they're gonna capture a fanatical market, but it's not a big percentage of the voters. No, but I'm talking about as far as mainstream media would go, that would have more coverage than any. No candidate could do anything to Trump <laughs> pun that mm-hmm. as a, as a gimmick or as a campaign you know, springboard, nobody could beat that. They could be the second person to accept Bitcoin, but they can't right. beat your, you know, so it, to me, that fad, that gimmick, that, that is huge right now as a, an option. And I always thought, you know, we'd see uh, somebody more like, you know, uh, Ron Paul or somebody be bigger on it and, you know, maybe, you know, kind of elbow one of these politicians into it. But I, I think that, you know, maybe this next, not this one, but in four years or so, when we see another candidate run, we'll see somebody that's going to make a stand against, like Trump made a stand against the U.S. He kind of was like, it's broken. The system's, you know, right. he made a big yeah, deal about being, it. he was yeah. kind of anti-American in a sense. That's why he was making America a great again. He was, he yeah. didn't like the current America, right? He didn't like current, he liked past America, sure. but sure. Trump would be like the current swamp. America. Right, the swamp, exactly. Swamp so yeah. I think that that, that taboo stance of being a, a almost anti something, but in the sense that I love it so much, I just want to make it better. That's why I don't like I fixed it. That yeah. somebody's going to do that against fiat in a political stance, and it's going to be I'm ready for that war to happen on every. You'll have other countries talking about that presidential ca- campaign. I agree. Yeah. What do you got going on this weekend, man? So am I going to be seeing you in Philly, huh? 
yeah bro uh hopefully you're gonna be crashing here man i guess we'll that's, we'll yeah. see what's up with that but uh yeah we got coinvention in philly and i'm really excited to hang out with nick uh nick spanos is probably one of my favorite uh speakers when it comes to nick, talking okay. shit on the federal reserve and the u.s dollar and shit there you go he had a really good rant in canada at futurist in toronto but I yeah. thought it was pretty funny because Nick's talking about the U.S. dollar, the Federal Reserve, you know, the IRS and everything in Canada. So, like, at, right. the end of his, at the end of his speech, he didn't get such a big applause because I don't think he really reached any – nobody really understood. Nobody cared. Yeah. Right. I was like, yo. I gotcha. But when he's in the U.S., bro, he kills it because he does. He, he nails it right on the head of what the issues are. And he really, you know, kind of highlights the issues of the, the lower class, middle class person. Not so much, you know, you see a lot of people highlight the issues of corporations and, you know, big money. But I have issues in general sending a dollar to somebody who needs it to get on the bus to go to work because it's hard to yeah. send a dollar to somebody. Or even sure. 50 cents. If you're 50 cents short for your, your bus to get to me, I, how do I get that to you? Why is that such an issue right now? You know, yes. and it's just because of the way the current system is put in place to hold the smaller amount the smaller dollars down dude i completely agree i mean dude i have that issue every every month once a month with with western union or MoneyGram or whatever it is i'm using at the time so oh i talked to enough uber drivers to hear people have issues with sending uh or paying more in western union fees than the amount they actually sent so it depends if you <laughs> it's five dollars for under 50 bucks if i'm going to send money outside of ecuador but if i'm in ecuador and I'm trying to send money within Ecuador to an Ecuador, like I'm in Cuenca and I need to send money to Guayaquil. It costs me $12 to send any amount. I could be sending $10, it costs me $12. So like if I needed to send emergency money for, just like you said, emergency money for a bus so that my wife can get home because whatever, she lost her purse or something. I'd have to send, you know, it just doesn't make any sense at all. And we used to do the same thing for sending money like when the earthquake happened, I didn't have a way to get cash. How do I get money? Western Union was closed, you know, like, and even still, it's like $1,000 is what you can send for legal limits per month. You're only allowed to send $1,000 a month there at that at, with their country restrictions. So then I'd have to, you know, maybe it's, who knows? I'm not, you know, maybe I got to buy two flights, one for me, one for my wife. And it's just yeah. all those little issues and those middlemen issues. And so many times that I've had my bank not work at the ATM or, or not been able to have access to my money when I needed it is what pushed me into Bitcoin. And that was out of necessity. And I think that's, you're right. Once the, the necessity is what will drive adoption. Yeah, and I think that these uh, current, you know, corporations that we have in projects and middlemen, the, the more they are regulated, the more that, you know, they impose censorship, they're stifling their own user innovation, right? Like, uh, I can't buy porn with PayPal. Can't happen. PayPal don't fuck with it. They'll freeze my account. They'll close it. They'll yell at me. And that's because they're regulated, and that's because they impose their censorship due to the regulations that are imposed on them. As we start to see decentralized solutions pop up that don't impose censorship, those those solutions are going to appeal to people as a necessity. So, uh, you know, it's convenient right now to use PayPal until you're an entrepreneur working at home, and PayPal doesn't like the fact that people are sending you hundreds of dollars a day for bath bombs that you make. So now they shut down your business's, you know, point of sale system. Yeah, it's convenient until when, and it's always until it's never until it's it, it, until yeah because they will eventually, 
and uh, it's just because something will being, happen. Yeah, that's because they have a bigger brother that they have to watch out for, right? So these yep. decentralized solutions don't have to worry about that because they're, we're going to see more Satoshi Nakamoto's pop up and less Charlie Lee's, less of these people that want the limelight. You said we're not ready yet. When do you think that that's, that the technology would be ready for mass adoption? And when do you think mass adoption would occur based on what's happening in mainstream media? So two different questions. I think it's one right at the other. I think the technology needs to uh, uh, advance enough to handle this, the more transactions per second than Visa. We still don't compete with Visa. Bitcoin transactions, no nowhere is fucking near that, bro. I mean, there are yeah. shit coins that have better transaction speeds than, than Bitcoin right now. So Tron, Bit yeah. Fuck yeah, Tron. Fuck yeah, Tron. So that's what I'm saying. So right now, Bitcoin just needs to get its its innovations in order for it to be ready for mass adoption and, and uh, things like that. So I think Lightning 100% needs to be yeah. uh, finalized. We need to run through it for... Probably I'm convinced that the, the dApps, man, I think the gaming dApps are going to be essential, crucial to adoption in the future. I think that it's going to, I want the gaming dApps to transition from like money grabs to educational tools, you know, yeah, we'll see that. Get them to, like actual games that can teach kids like to play and interact with wallets and private keys and mnemonic phrases and all those things, but like real games behind them so that there's like, I you know, bet cor I bet there will be corporate bounties on education real soon. Uh, right yeah. now, we're seeing a brain drain in the U.S. For every one developer, there are nine jobs. For every one developer right now in the U.S., you can That's get a six-figure gig in crypto just day one. And then day two, you get another bigger offer. So the incentive is there. The drain is there. So these corporations will probably be putting educational bounties out saying, yeah. here's $100,000 if you complete this course. And that's it. Right. String, no strings attached type shit. Because get it. Because they need us. They need you to be. They yeah. need smarter people. So those that game theory on education will be there real soon, I believe. Yep. Like, um, we're starting to see things with like, uh, what is that? Udemy. Have you checked out Udemy? Oh yeah, I have heard that. It's yeah, yeah. basically yeah, a pay-as-you-go college. Okay. Okay. So I, I I didn't know what it was. I've just seen this like on my Facebook already. I was like, I love what? Udemy. Uh, you could do it for developing. You could do it for coding. You could go to Udemy and anything. It, anything. I mean, because they're basically uh, like a Harvard teacher that teaches uh, economic finance, and he just decided to do a YouTube tutorial and sell it for fifty bucks. That's awesome. That's and awesome. I think what will happen is those courses will be gamified to where completion will be rewarded rather than purchasing it. And that goes to, I think Netflix in a couple of years will be paying me to watch it rather than yep. us paying Netflix to watch it because Netflix is going to need eyes on it. And the people that yep. have the time to watch it don't have the fucking money because they don't have a job. That's why they have the time. Yep. They need to be paid. And that's where I think like beats coin or you know be live things like that where you can tron tv where you can decentralize and and compensate the viewer and provide more value to the the content creator the person that's actually producing whatever it is that the, that's being viewed yep they get paid more you know because it's direct interactions and then that's the viewer where i think youtube will fail is they're not they're Me not giving too. back to the viewer the viewer does I, nothing but give and give and give the viewer yep. just gives their life essence to youtube and gets yep. nothing out of it except the laugh or some entertainment, but that's not enough. Yep. Other platforms yep. are starting to realize that that attention begets money. So every yes. view is worth a penny. Well, why don't we give a third of that penny back to the viewer? Correct. And that's what's gonna that, that's what the yep. future will be, I think, too. Yeah. yeah. That's what platforms are starting to realize is if they don't have a way to monetize their incentives of their end users and then gamify that, they're going to fail. 
those three yeah. aspects have to be in a project right now to succeed because your byproduct has to be something you can sell. YouTube already has that, the data. That's the byproduct. So yep. now they have the revenue to give back to the and the They have so much to incentive. give back and keep them incentive. Yep, exactly. There's no incentive as a viewer on YouTube anymore. I mean, people I go on YouTube and they watch 10 seconds or whatever the little bit is and they don't even hit like because there's no incentives to engage. Nothing. Yeah. You're starting to see, you know, people have a million views and only get a thousand thumbs up, but they're getting a million views. What happened to that? Why aren't people hitting that Level like button engagement. anymore? Yeah, yeah it's because they're 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 kind of uh, turned off you know a lot of the people that engage with platforms are just kind of spoiled by it or turned off by it and don't really feel any incentives to engage uh, or uh, I was actually at Anarchadelphia the other day and there was a panel with Jeff Berwick and uh, Max I can't remember but um, the the audience member had a really good point was uh, you know, Jeff Berwick and Max, they brought up a thing where, you know, their, their, uh, their YouTube videos are being like hidden and not suggested and things like that. And right, people yeah. aren't engaging. They're not commenting. They're not liking. And a audience member said, well, that's probably due to the fact that a majority of us that doing do watch your content refuse to log in and make a Google YouTube account. And I never thought of that, that, oh mm. shit, a lot of people that watch videos don't even have a YouTube account. They're not, yeah. they can't hit like, they can't hit well, subscribe just, yeah. because they're not logging in. Yeah, I'm on, on all my all, all my mobile accounts I've ever had, I've never logged in on them. I just, but I watch so many YouTube videos on my phone. And when I do want to comment, sometimes I'll notice, I'll like go log in first. And I never, never, even when I want to comment, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, I have a good you know contribution. But as soon as it, it asks me to, to sign in, I'm like, oh, never mind. I'm on with my next thing. Like, that's so true. Yeah. Uh, let's see, I wanted to talk a little bit about this number because I thought this was really awesome. Uh, the number of Bitcoin wallet addresses holding at least 10 Bitcoin, which is now worth oh, okay. about 100,000 US dollars, uh, today's price, hits a new all-time high. There are more wallets now in BTC world with 100,000 US dollar value, 10 BTC per wallet now more than ever, more than ever. Did you look at, at the one because they had a whole stack of like different stacks So the one BTC holders was like 35% increase. It was something huge too. So like the 10 BTC one. So was whales really are stacking. Whales aren't Whales selling. are stacking. And then like, I feel like a one BTC holder is a whale too. Like not like a whale, but you're no, a- No, you are. A 21 million Bitcoin in a fucking 8 billion person populated planet. If it's a world currency, bro, fuck the Rothschild. Okay. Fuck them. I think it's $10 million at that point. Like that's the evaluation. I think one, and, and, but and so when I think about that in my mind, I think of 10 But properties. that's if, but that's if, that's if dollars still exist. Yeah, I, so I visualize a world where BTC has no dollar equivalent value because dollars don't exist anymore. That's and why I say 10 properties. So like I if think one we need to start pairing BTC to gold. I want more people to look at the know. gold value to BTC value Pounds? because yeah, well, it doesn't. Ounces, Look at it at pounds if you have to. I just look at Bitcoin and gold very similarly in supply and and volume. It, it, it's not the U.S. dollar. If they can print a trillion dollars tomorrow, it's not a fair comparison to the value of BTC. I guess it's fair, but we only have that. What's so the the total supply of gold is only on mined gold, correct? Yes, it's only on mined. Yeah. So I assume that we've mined a considerable percentage, but you know, I, I'd also assume that why wouldn't there be gold under the ocean floor? Like if it's found in caves it in is. Tennessee, could it be found in caves but in the ocean? But that's the same difference to me as Bitcoin lost in a private key is being lost in the ocean. No, no yeah, supply. no, but people will eventually be able to crack 
crack you think the encryption. So? Yeah, of course. And Bitcoin hash rate will evolve. It will fork. It will. It will get better. That's, that's still limited supply, though. Like, there's. I, I understand. You're just talking about the deflationary aspect of yes. our supply because so many people have lost it, which is maybe might get. Yeah, and it'll get incentivized because hey, this is worth so much, and the technology can advance. Same thing, the the Same thing with the gold in the ocean. Same thing with the gold. The technology no, will advance to get that gold if it becomes valuable enough. Still, but that, but yeah, okay. And if it, technology advances to get the gold in the ocean, the price or the value of gold will decrease. Same thing would happen if Bitcoin's, uh, if Satoshi's Bitcoin were to be released into the wild. That's that's a good. That's a same good, thing you know. would happen. And that's why I think they're fairly comparable when you look at gold and Bitcoin as opposed to the U.S. dollar. I do consider Bitcoin a store of value. I don't consider Bitcoin a currency. I don't use it as a currency. I mean, it is a it currency. Can, it can be, but it's not. It can be. I don't view it as a currency. I don't. Just when because I, Pokemon cards can buy you ice cream on the playground does not mean Pokemon cards are currency. True. They and what be. I but but I do believe that a Pokemon card can be a store of value, and you can save that for tens of years dozens of years with the thought of selling it at an increased price later on i i'm trying to do this crypto game as much as i can to stack bitcoin all i want to do is get as much bitcoin as i can right now and i do like the alts for the short-term stuff like i like alts for six month flips i like alts for you know but i haven't been in in alts since san francisco you know and i'm Mm. just now getting back into, into them now you know Last week, I opened up a long position in all. Well, so that's a lot where of I'm people at. Are, let's, well, since this is, I guess we can wrap things up on this topic, since this is where you're at, I think what we're seeing with this alt season is a, a pre-cycle to what we're going to see happen to BTC. Nobody prof, in these taxable, these non-taxable crypto-to-crypto events or incentives again for this. Nobody's cashing out. Nobody's going to fiat. Maybe stable coins, but these, these alts, that profits that you're seeing, that 8 to 10% in, in altcoin profit right now, will go to btc that's where profits go for cashing out that's the the bottom layer of the of this world of crypto so when i I see alts gain 10 percent, i'm seeing a 10 percent gain in bitcoin just to come it's it's sort of like you know the 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 storm before the storm Um, sure i can see the hurricane behind the thunderstorm i guess i guess i could if it's cyclical i could see how bitcoin already popped and now that money from bitcoin ran in the alts Mm -hmm. somebody cashed out a little bit but the idea is is pump the alts up and run back into bitcoin with the alts staying nice and high because you're not selling in the usdt you're just trading into the btc value so against bitcoin they might drop but i want to see ethereum take off if ethereum takes off then i'll feel way better about alt season ethereum's going to have a long run before a nice pump i believe i i truly believe that uh i looked into the ethereum enterprise alliance recently what they're all up to and what everybody's in a lot of competition with with ethereum 2.0 coming out and casper and i mean again the competitions have increased now we have eos tron there's so many other solutions what ethereum had when it reached its all-time high was a monopoly it's sort of what's happening right now with the cannabis industries in recreational states. They have monopolies. They're they're evaluated at a hyperinflation, a hyperinflated right. valuation because neighboring states are sending customers to them. There's all them, yeah. So that exactly. was what Ethereum had. Ethereum didn't have, nobody had any other options. If you wanted to learn how to build a smart contract, Ethereum was you it. That's and all you, like you had. On and they had and a really good concept because you had to learn solidity. Now yeah. they pigeonholed the developers that spent so much time learning these smart contracts that why would you go learn this language or that language? Well, sorry right. to tell you, but a lot of these other alternative blockchain solutions are using traditional languages. 
<laughs> well, I mean, some of them are using Solidity too, so it's kind of like I can just port it right over. And right. Well, Tron's really no big on that. Yeah. <laughs> Justin Sun was basically a year ago today was like Feeling anybody them. anybody building on Ethereum, uh, you can build Come it on, on ours. Over. Come on, over. we'll pay for everything. We'll pay you. I love that because they had a monopoly. So right now, I don't think that Ethereum has what it takes with the hype to reach a new all-time high. I think oh, it needs sure. to start yeah. producing. And I mean, just even, has me interested. I mean, dude, you could look back at so many reasons why high investors aren't looking at Ethereum to the Crypto Kitties debacle, to the yeah. uh, to the Dow debacle, to uh, Ethereum's uh, you know Vitalik Buterin's uh, death debacle. Yeah, when he died like three years ago, the market dumped like three hundred percent overnight. But he didn't die, bro. It was just a meme. So like <laughs> if Ethereum is that is that sensitive because it has centralization to a deity, sure. Yeah. It's gonna have a bigger, harder time than Bitcoin. That's why I'm pretty big on Bitcoin. None of these altcoins are created anonymously like Bitcoin was. Everybody wants to be the Jeff Bezos of a shit. I coin. know. I fucking they want hate to be it. I, people yes. need to get rid of that hubris. If if we could the just ego. have an ego, yeah. We need a huge ego death in crypto. So people yep. could just step back from the fucking limelight and build things without having to be that person. Like imagine Forget if Litecoin didn't the have light. Charlie just do Lee. The work. Yeah. So that's how I feel, man. A lot of these are already failed. Like, unfortunately, I think the same with Tron. Unfortunately, I think Tron's a failed project from the gate because the Chinese government can say on a phone call, don't go to dinner with Warren Buffett, and he won't. It's true. It's and, true. I got, no, uh, I got no response for you there. You're absolutely right. So that shit scares me, man. So where do you see, like, do you see, you know, these altcoins kind of leading to Bitcoin or do you see sort so of it's like products, altcoins like, having a lot of these, you know, a majority percentage gain? Like, do you think Bitcoin could go up and alts can follow at the same time? I used to. <laughs> and the last few months proved me wrong. Honestly, man, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to base myself in, I'm trying to like find comfort in the fact that the projects that I'm invested in are working products. Like, the casinos are real casinos. They have real products. The 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 content creation, like Beats, I'm pretty heavy in, in Beats right now. I got I got into Beats when it was like before the hype started. They're gonna IEO at the end of the month. I think they could maybe disrupt the YouTube section where we talked about viewers getting paid to view content. Well, there's um, a lot of projects out there like that now. I mean, so, I mean, Float and uh, Bit2, yeah. DLive. I mean, I'm excited Bit2 for the non-monopoly era right now because we were stuck in that weird little moment where we had nothing but Yeah, we didn't have a lot of choice. One company yeah. did this, one project did that. And now because of open sourcing a lot of these protocols, anybody yep. could build a pretty much Lego Just set. Do it. Comparison. Copy and paste and go. And that's what I like about these things. If they do work, we're just going to see corporations fork Tron. We're going to see so many forks of Tron, so many forks yep. of Ethereum, so many forks of Bitcoin that are going to be built to really fit the needs of that that project. Uh, so I, I think we're going to see more forks of Bitcoin rather than less throughout the years. And that is one of the biggest, and nobody really, really highlights this aspect. If you hold BTC, as we do see these forks, you get all of them. People miss out on this concept of, of the dividend. Like Adam Meister talks about it a lot. I think he's like the only one who really talks about this, but you get those Bitcoin dividends. Every time somebody decides to fork Bitcoin, if you're holding BTC, you get that forked coin. So if, if uh, Google were to decide to fork Bitcoin and have its own version, it would be forked into your wallet. You would have that coin. So right. as Bitcoin is, uh, you know, I would say split up, segregated, and forked around. It's still helping BTC's Bitcoin blockchain. 
doesn't matter how much people want to compete or compare their blockchain. It's going to be a fork of BTC or a fork of XYZ that only helps the predecessor's fork. It doesn't hurt it. I it's not going to hurt a bill. Yeah, I know not, you're not even a little bit, dude. If Tron's so good that fucking, you know, uh, IBM wants to fork it and just change one feature, Tron's just going to look at that feature you change and implement it if it's good enough. Yeah, and make it right there. And then everybody that's already on Tron will just stay with the... the exactly. Yeah. So it's all like, there's there's no way to be a parasite in this industry. By by ipso facto, you are symbiotically contributing to something that you're trying to kill. Yeah. You're trying to kill it, but you're only making it better. I wonder, like, but see, that's that's the thing. So that's the uh, that's a great concept, but people don't view that aspect because, like, if you take the Ethereum Tron white paper, it's straight plagiarism more or less. But I think that Tron's protocol is better because it's faster and now it's more centralized in a sense. I think if they can figure out a way to offer more nodes and get that power spread out, I'll feel a lot better about the network. But I hate white papers. I really do. I wonder I think, if Tron, if, if Justin were to die, would it, would it continue on? No, probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Unfortunately, same thing to say with Vitalik and Ethereum. Probably not. Yeah, I, I mean, right. look at the team. Uh, 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 fucking uh, Charles Hoskins, co-founder of Ethereum, created uh, his own Cardano. Um, who was it? Uh, Ad, uh, Brian Armstrong, I think, right? Was also a, a co-founder of, 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 or is it Joseph Lubin? I didn't know that. Joseph Lubin is the co-founder and he kind of like you know so like we're starting to see you know them and, yeah, yeah. And, and i mean look at Car looking at cardano and charles hoskins and everything as well like who knows anymore where these things are going to go but i think that if these self-appointed deities do decide to disappear or have any kind of you know Ill, illness or any kind of anything dude it's, it's going to them. affect the projects absolutely yeah. Absolutely. And, um, you know, they all should have went it's the same. It's not really decentralized yet then. That's unfortunate. Well, I don't even look at Bitcoin as being decentralized yet. I do, though, because you can't kill Satoshi. Like, you just, or if he's dead, maybe, but you can't. I mean, it's just. Rest in peace, Hal Finney. Hmm? Yeah. So, dude, that, but, we've talked about this. Yeah, but I think, I think that it's not. I, I like to look at Bitcoin in a centralized limelight. Uh, in the sense of, you know, it's intellectually centralized. So you have to have a, a certain high, high keen intellect to really get in. And no one's there to fire you from Bitcoin, but it's really, there's a border to entry of intellectual. Sure. Yeah, so we have, that's, it's centralized to high intellect individuals. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. also centralized to the power producers. If the electric companies decided for any reason not to do business with you, they have the right to deny that. And well, yeah. there you go. And uh, it's, you know, the government centralize yes. it to the fact of the individual. So decentralization is a very weird term that just doesn't really get the umbrella everything. It's loose and right now. It's, it's used very loosely. I think that we're gonna yeah. see more, the only way we'll see more decentralization is if the term regulation dies. If we abolish the ideology of regulations and self-governance in place, that's where the decentralization lives. Sorry. Are you in the kitchen? Yeah. No, I, got, I, got, I don't know what that is. Uh, my dog's under my chair, which I just noticed. I have my dog over here corner. too. Yeah, she looks like she wants to go out. You want to go out? She does, yeah. Yeah, she does. Come here. Let's Come go, say let's... hi to everybody. Come here. Come on up. I can't get him up here. He's way too big. Come here. Come here. Come <laughs> he here. does this. There she is. Oh, is that a pit bull? Yeah, Daddy, she's a pity. Want to come up here? Can you come say hi? Oh. Good girl. Maybe. Oh, yeah, there he is. Look at the puppies. Look, there's yeah, our but... dojis. Well, that's a biggie dog. Oh, that's a 
Oh, my doggy doesn't do that. She doesn't do that. That's cool. It's death growl. <laughs> right. I love it. Oh, my God. That is so intimidating. <laughs> no, That's like him being sweet, too. That's like his love. It's, it's really funny. So I guess uh, one last thing. Yeah, I'll see you in Philly for Coinvention. What are you looking forward to, bro? Like, what's got? Why are you coming to Philadelphia for Coinvention? Why am I? I don't know. Um, so there's that's uh, the truest fucking answer I've ever heard anybody say. Like, that's my answer to every conference. Ken, why are you? I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, no, there is one thing. So there's a Solidity Coders uh, meeting network. I want to go meet some coders. I want to go find some people because I have a couple really good DAP ideas. I know all the organizers, I, so I can get you some one-on-one -on -one with anybody, bro. Like, yes, yes. I'm going, Ben's getting me a ticket and we're going to go do like a day of street content in iconic places. Just, you know, Liberty Bell, Rocky Steps, yada, 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 recording interviews and stuff. And then that night we'll set up at the meetup with just like our cameras and, and interview people, you, everybody that's coming in, just do interviews like that. That sounds like fun, man. I live in Philly and I haven't even done that. So that's, that's really? really cool. Yeah. We've well, been doing it here in Atlanta, man. I have like anxiety with that. So I've been seeing that stuff and uh, Young Dumb Crypto is one really, I love that they go on the beach yeah. and they ask people and like, do yeah. you want 20 bucks or do you want $20 worth of Bitcoin? And it's really cool what you're doing with we that did stuff. That and nobody Me, took the Bitcoin. I get so scared, bro, when I go up there. Like, I'll do it when I'm in the car with an Uber with my waitress, but like me yeah. walking up to somebody and interrupting their day to be like, hey, I'm it's like, tough sometimes. Oh, bro, yeah. I can't do it. And it's only because of me. Well, like, like, I don't we want had that to, to figure happen to out. Me. We've had to figure out our spacing because, like, some, like we did the offering. When, when we were offering money, we were offering cash, you know, the gift cards and crypto. That was better. But when we're just like, hey, can we interview you? And it's like, like a Braves game or like the, the Falcons game. A lot of people are like, don't want to stop. You have to make sure that you get there early enough to where they're not feeling rushed and like it's, but a lot of people just don't care either, dude. They just don't care about crypto or Bitcoin, even if I'm offering to give them 10 bucks, you know? So we'll just do, we're going to, we're going to do a college tour. We're going to go around a bunch of different college campuses and hope that like students have oh, a little bit PA's, more. PA's got, I mean, uh, Penn State and Temple University, yeah. they both have crypto uh, currency meetups that their college students host. I've gone to two, one of each, and they're not my taste. They're definitely college kids, and I'm a high school dropout. So we clash okay. on mentality yeah. of where this is going. But they do okay. have big interest. And Penn, Penn State actually has a really good meetup. So As a club? Okay. Yeah, yeah they That's have, they have to clubs and stuff. Is do like, you know, a, a true adoption tour where I go around. So like on Tuesday, I'll be giving my first ever keynote. And it's like a 45-minute fully Ooh, anxiety i'm already sweating for you <laughs> i'm a little nervous about it dude to be honest we're like i i've never done that before i've never given but like i just i'm gonna kind of take it the same as this, this is in camera you know with you you know i'm doing um, a panel at coinvention i have to be on stage for like 45 minutes too and i'm moderating yeah. a panel you have other people though with you you'll be all right man you'll be good i hate keen dude i can't do it i can't keen i could never do it's that. so crazy because you say that you have this anxiety but when i'm like when we hang out in person you are the most like extroverted you're talking I'm to in everybody. my zone man that's like because yeah, I, like, I only feel like i'm at home in my own bedroom when i'm surrounded by people at a crypto conference like i've been to concerts i've been to other conventions right. I've, I've gone out and done things but like I just never felt like I was at like a family reunion. I could be really myself and accept. that's like, what it is. Family reunion. I could yeah. be so myself that, you know, it, it, it's just it's cool. so nice to see people that don't judge. And there's such a mixing pot of people in crypto that yes. I feel like they're everybody's so self 
self like um not self-centered but like focused. sort of like worried about the yeah, self-focused and stuff yeah. like that they're not really projecting onto you in this space they don't like you come in and say hey i do youtube videos it's not like oh you're, you're like it's it's like oh yeah. cool like i mean it's yeah. just the community is so supportive so like that's why you see me be more extroverted in those situations rather than like me by myself walking. what are you looking forward to most i'm looking forward nick, to the, the, the meetup. i love getting drunk and hanging out with nick nick spanos yeah. is my dude yo all right, so Nick to me is that guy that like celebrity wise kind of really got me into crypto. I was watching the Bitcoin documentary Banking on Bitcoin on Netflix and I'm just watching it and this dude's out there just giving away Bitcoin to people and this lady comes up and she's like, I just want this and he's like, but I'll give you Bitcoin like here, I'll give you a hundred. And yeah. she was like, yo, call me when you're, I'm like, that was so long ago. Bitcoin that. was under 400. Bitcoin was like that, yeah. two to $300 a Bitcoin. So yeah. like, looking at that and i saw the video when bitcoin was at like four hundred dollars so i was just like oh my god this dude's nuts and you know the bitcoin um you know uh the bitcoin exchange next to the stock market in new york city was just yep that's yeah, just amazing the stuff that he did so baller dude he was yeah. so the stuff that nick did to me is like one of those things like i consider him a forefather of, of crypto up there with sure, uh, he's a pioneer charlie yeah. shrem roger veer nick spanos uh, people like is that. shrem gonna be in at the at this I don't think so, dude. I was okay. hoping he was. Uh, people, we were talking to him through Twitter. Everybody like from Philly were kind of like, kind of semi trolling him to do it, but to come out, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's his scene, but uh, I, I hope that he would have popped in. I know it was really cool. I was at Anarchadelphia, and John McAfee had a recorded video for Anarchadelphia. Really, I that was really cool. Yeah, so, Where, he's in uh, Dubai right now, right? That's what he's saying. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. That's how I feel about John right now. If he's saying one thing, he's doing another. That dude is a magician. Sure. Yeah, I agree. He's all over the place. Yeah. And it's probably, I, I want it. I, I've been wanting this to be a thing for like a year and a half now. I talked to John on the Coins Bank cruise about this. Uh, I was like, I don't even think you're John McAfee. And he looked right at me and he was like, you don't know if I am. And I was like, I know, I know I don't. No one knows if this, I mean, like people know that it's you, but I don't think you're you. And he was like, I don't think I'm me either. How do how do you know I'm me? And I'm like, yeah, good point. I, I've been wanting for the past like two years now that the John that we know on social media and all the has is not real John. It's one of the doppelgangers. Uh yeah, dude. He's no. just been he's just been sitting in the background collecting money at home and has this doppelganger out there just you know paying the him. The doppelganger is going crazier than he is though. So I don't know the guy <laughs> the guy that I stayed with in Tennessee for those few weeks was seemed like it was john he drank like john that dude was a you know but uh i see you got the facial thing in the background yeah is that dude. for his, his maskless uh, army yes the the john mcafee army yeah i yeah. was going to do something that consensus but he didn't have a chance to call me in when i had the opportunity to do something kind of stole the stage at consensus and started talking about like free ross and all that stuff and i got kicked Did off you? the stage at consensus yeah did you really <laughs> yeah they left them like they just got off stage and they just walked off like the panel they did and yeah like, i just walked up on stage and flicked the mic on and it worked and i was like no way. yes <laughs> no way hey how goes it i'm ken Boza. and there's like still people in the audience from the last panel yes. <laughs> i was like, like everybody go to freeross.org sign a petition like yeah that's great man that's really funny <laughs> it was pretty cool man it was really good but yeah, I'm man. gonna take my pup for a walk, buddy. It was a great, great talk with you. I'm really glad to get together. I'm really looking forward to seeing you this weekend. Um, 
Yes, I'll probably book my do. flights when I walk back in after this little walk with the pup and uh, let you know what the, what the Yeah, walk is. my dog too and we'll get back on a chat and final all of that out. Everybody tuning in, big shout out to Monarch Token for sponsoring the podcast. Big shout out to the Divi Project for their sponsorship. Really helps make this shit possible, trust me. So uh, yeah, big shout outs to those guys. Much love. And don't forget to go on Twitter and follow my brober here at Mid Earth Crypto. And we'll be seeing you all from Philadelphia in a couple days. Yeah, you will. As always, bro bros, have a day. Take care, buddy. I'll see you later, man. We're off the air.